This week, 19 of 19 criminal defendants surrendered in Fulton County, Georgia. The former president and all his alleged co-conspirators now must answer a critical question. Go slow or go speedy. Is, it is tricky for both prosecutors and for Mr. Trump. Ask different lawyers and you'll find varying answers about the strength of the Fulton County case against the president. And in case that wasn't enough to keep track of, yet another legal fight over what the Constitution allows already is taking shape. I want to bring in now Jamie Raskin, the congressman from Maryland. Thank you so much, congressman, for joining me. Uh, let's start with the question of what I was just mentioning, which is the, the fourth arrest. You have seen, first of all, how incredibly viral this mugshot has gone. Given how uh, intensely political it, was, it is, and that is obviously an expected thing, do you think taking that mugshot was necessary? Well, I think the critical thing is that Donald Trump and his co-defendants be treated exactly like everybody else would be treated in a similar uh, prosecution. Uh, Fannie Willis, the prosecutor involved, has uh, undertaken numerous state RICO prosecutions. And as long as this is consistent with everything that's happened before, I think that's the right thing to do. A uh, former federal prosecutor in DeKalb and Cobb County said that the racketeering charge might seem like a little too much to a jury. He told uh, the Wall Street Journal, quote, I like a state side, but it's not, I like the state side, but it's not a slam dunk. Anytime you bring a RICO case when it's not against the mafia, there's a chance that the jury thinks the case is overcharged. There's a massive danger in jury nullification. Do you share that concern? Well, um, RICO has been used mostly not against the mafia. If you look at all of the RICO prosecutions in the country at the federal and state level, and of course, there would be something strange about a law that applies only to one group. It applies to a pattern of racketeering activity that is organizing people together into a conspiracy in order to achieve an illegal end, in this case, the overthrow of a presidential election and substituting a counterfeit process made up of fake electors for the actual process that the people voted on. So there are lots of component criminal parts to it, and there were a lot of people involved. And that, to me, seems as if it's custom made for a RICO prosecution, the way that we've developed it. If people want to talk about reforming the RICO statute, then we can analyze that. But it's been upheld against constitutional attack repeatedly. Five of the 19 individuals charged as part of this conspiracy are now asking to move to federal court. And it raises questions about whether a state can charge individuals for actions that they allegedly took when they were federal officials. Do you believe that these cases dealing with uh, individuals who were working for the federal government or elected officials in the federal government like the president belong in federal court? Well, there's no question that a state has the power to prosecute someone who is a federal official or a federal employee. I mean, just think about a federal official or employee who engages in a bank robbery or a murder. Obviously, the state would get to prosecute them. There is a statute which says that if a federal uh, officer or employee is conducting their federal work under an order from a superior to execute a federal policy, then they can petition to have that removed to federal court. 
um, if they're being prosecuted for work that they were doing as part of their job. So that, of course, raises the question when Mark Meadows tries to remove from Georgia state court to federal court, mm -hmm. whether he was actually engaged in the work of the federal government and he was acting pursuant to a federal policy, the court is going to have to rule on that. In any event, even if it is removed, all that the, this means is that the federal court will um, conduct the state criminal prosecution under the auspices mm -hmm. of the federal judiciary. So you're saying it doesn't have much of a, of a pragmatic change. I mean, one obvious change is you won't actually well, see it. In, this, in Georgia, you would actually have a camera in the courtroom. But beyond that? That's right. Well, we won't be able to see it. And also, uh, obviously, after uh, four years of packing the courts with um, Federalist Society bloggers, uh, someone like Mark Meadows is going to feel a lot more comfortable in federal court. There is a political irony there, of course, because uh, these are supposedly the big champions of uh, state courts and state law, but they're, tr they're trying to flee from it as quickly as possible to get into the warmer climate of the federal judiciary, which they have worked so hard to gerrymander. A judge in Georgia is now saying that fake elector mastermind Kenneth Cheeseboro's racketeering trial will start on October 23rd. That's just about two months from now. Will it help Donald Trump and other defendants like Rudy Giuliani or Mark Meadows to see what happens in earlier trials and try to learn from it? Um, I imagine so. Um, you know, I, I think that the key thing here is uh, the establishment of the fact because uh, Mr. Cheesebro has uh, petitioned for a speedy trial that it's perfectly um, legitimate to have a trial uh, this year to make it happen in the fall and that the courts are fully equipped to do that. But uh, I think obviously the defendants are going to be able to uh, learn from each other's experiences, but uh, they're up against a mountain of evidence that they were involved in this complex conspiracy to con accomplish a single criminal objective, which is to overthrow our actual presidential election and substitute a counterfeit process for it. 2024 presidential candidate Asa Hutchinson, who will join me in a bit, he says that Donald Trump might be disqualified from holding office based on the 14th Amendment, which says that U.S. officials who engage in insurrection or rebellion or aid and comfort them cannot hold office again. You were not only an impeachment manager in, uh, in the January 6th impeachment of Donald Trump, you were a constitutional scholar. So do you agree with Asa Hutchinson on this? Well, absolutely. And we've been saying all along that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment presents a clear and unequivocal statement that uh, anyone who has sworn an oath of office, and by the way, not just a president, but members of Congress and uh, others who hold federal office, um, who engage in insurrection or rebellion, having sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic, can never serve again in federal or state office. And this was added after the Civil War as a general constitutional principle. Um, and we have to abide by it. Uh, Donald Trump was, was impeached by the House of Representatives for inciting an insurrection against the Union. And then 57 of 100 senators determined as uh, a constitutional fact that Donald Trump had incited an insurrection. Um, so I think you've got robust bicameral, bipartisan majorities 
that have already established this as a fact. And I agree with the conservative Federalist Society law professors who are out there saying, as well as Mr. Hutchinson, that Donald Trump is disqualified just as if he were running uh, and not a born U.S. citizen or if he were running and he were 24 years old. Before I let you go, I want to ask about President Biden uh, releasing a tweet literally as Donald Trump was arriving at Fulton County in the jail. And he said, apropos of nothing, I think today's a great day to give to my campaign. And there's a link to donate. Are you comfortable with President Biden fundraising off of Donald Trump's indictment and arrest? Um, I mean, I think it would be strange if uh, President Biden had to organize his campaign schedule around all of the court appearances and pleas and mugshots of Donald Trump. Um, I think Joe Biden should be free to run his campaign. And if it happens to coincide with something uh, happening in Donald Trump's uh, extremely uh, voluminous and complex legal docket, uh, that's Donald Trump's problem. It's not Joe Biden's problem. Yeah. Well, it was it was coinciding on purpose because he was fundraising off of it. But we're going to have to leave it there. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it.